Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to True Wealth. I'm Dave Bascone, and here in the studio with me is Maria Smith. Maria, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Good morning, and how are you? Yes. Uh, Yes, I'm doing uh, well. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just, when you said it's a beautiful day, I thought, yes, it is. It really is. It's just beautiful, sunny, and um, it was light out so early this morning. Well, that's that switch to day, uh, off of daylight savings time. Yeah, um, I, I now have to plan everything differently uh, with the horses. Uh, don't mean to bring up the horses and flies. No, and no, no. I, I like it. I like it when you do. I love horses. I think they are the most beautiful land creature. That is really my favorite land creature. My favorite sea creature is the dolphin. There's a beauty and an intelligence, and just. Um, you know, the, the the lines, the forms of a horse, and um, yeah, beautiful. So, no, not at all. But, of course, they don't know anything about the clocks and the way we flip them <laughs> around. <so. laughs> all, all they know is it's either daylight or dark. It's uh, exactly. bad. I want to go graze. Uh, you know, nothing has changed in their uh, habits or demands. Yes, uh, yes. But for me, I do have to uh, reschedule things a little bit uh, just because I, I like them out at certain hours. And um, also, uh, mentioning uh, flies, I thought the last three mornings when I looked out and we had what I considered a pretty good frost, a heavy frost, um, that I was done with the flies. But uh, during the uh, uh, midday or so on a sunny day like today, there's still a few around. It's amazing. These things can, uh, they're hardy. Uh, most people don't think of it because they don't have to deal with, uh, you know, flies in their house or anything. But if you're um, in a barn or, you know, in a paddock um, where certain animals uh, are sensitive to them, you kind of keep an eye on it. But I will say the flies are not as much of a nuisance as they were because the horses have their winter coats. So the, the thicker hair on their bodies doesn't allow the flies to bite into the flesh the way they were doing in the summertime uh, because mm. they had a very thin coat. And, boy, it was, you know, you could just see them uh, – uh, being annoyed, and you could feel the bites later, uh, the little whelps and all. But uh, now with the winter coats, the flies don't seem to have much of an impact like they did earlier. That's uh, It's just amazing the way nature tends to work and what you're paying attention to. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, now that we've covered uh, the part of the show where we dedicate to the horses and flies, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's uh what's on your mind to, this week uh let's uh yes. let's see what you got yes um today's gospel so the november 4th monday november 4th is where jesus says when you hold a lunch or a dinner 
do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, every time I've heard this throughout my life, I have taken it basically literally, like people who are actually poor, people who, who just, you know, other family members or other people who don't really cook or don't have many friends or whatever, um, something like that. So I would, you know, you invite those because they are not going to invite you back, which is fine. But today I heard something that for me was very insightful. Um, there's a priest who actually gives a, a little talks, little homilies in Spanish. They're about four minutes long. They're on, in, on YouTube. He seems very popular. He's very young, too. Um, his name is Padre Sam. Sam Padre Sam. And, um, and I listen to him because I am trying to learn a little bit of Spanish, and I listen to him because I do understand him quite a bit, especially because he's talking about things, you know, and he mentions the Bible, and he's talking about things that I can relate to. Anyway, the insight that he gave is that whenever somebody is not appreciative of something you do for them, is not grateful, does not thank you, that is really what this, that is at least part of what this gospel is talking about. Instead of um, be, uh, being angry or resentful, if we do things for other people and they are not appreciative, they could even be, you know, they could even say don't do it or they can even seem like they're just annoyed that we're being helpful for whatever reason or they just are not appreciative. That is really part of this Bible, of this um, passage in the Bible of um, our Lord's words. It's really doing things for other people, for others, no matter who they are, family members, spouses, children, siblings, parents, neighbors, friends, and not expecting anything in return. And actually, this is a theme, you know, in the Bible. That's how God, God does good things to the good he gives his gifts to the good and to the evil. And so we're always being called to be more and more like God. Yes, um, very good. Uh, that was excellent. Uh, also, the insights. Um, I know we just touched on it right before we started the show. And uh, But with your second explanation, um, I think you did expand my thinking because uh, I've always thought of the poor and, you know, the people that can't make repayment, uh, maybe I thought of it a little bit beyond that, but uh, you certainly added some details that uh, I think is, uh, it's kind of new to me, and as you were talking about people that don't appreciate what you're doing or never say thank you, that kind of ties into also, you know, what Christ talked about uh, uh, regarding charity and showing mercy. I, I think you can start to jump from one to the other pretty easily uh, with that particular homily or the message of the priest. It also, I think, allows people to, um, if someone does have a hardened heart, uh, that if you don't expect anything in return, that might be a better way to get them to start to think about things 
and because they see in an example instead of being uh, lectured to, they start to see a, a living example in their life, and that could bring them around to being more uh, thankful and appreciative in time. So I, I think um, that that little seed that uh, the priest was really referring to has all kinds of repercussions, especially in a society that's moving very fast and people just need a reason to slow down and, you know, think about things and maybe appreciate things a little more. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, I think that what I was the way I used to take this gospel passage was people who can't repay you. Because these are people who are blind, they can't. I mean, some blind people do cook, you know, but people who can't repay you. Whereas that's partly true. That's part of it. The other part is people who won't, people who will not to because they're too busy thinking of themselves or they don't appreciate you or they don't appreciate life itself. They don't appreciate God. If you appreciate God, you're actually, I, I don't know if it's definite or you're very likely to appreciate everything else in your life. The more you appreciate God and what he has done for you and in your life, first of all, just giving you life, and that everything that happens to you if you don't appreciate God, how can you really appreciate other people? So really, you know, Dave, I really think that this is really, if people don't thank us and appreciate us, if we don't thank other people and appreciate them, it's because we really don't love God. We don't appreciate everything God has done for us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as you were talking, I'm thinking, uh, a lot of times um, we have to take a different attitude when you're dealing with people that don't appreciate things. Um, if you step back and say, okay, what's good? What's good for the family, the extended family? What's good for my coworkers? Uh, despite the fact that uh, certain people in any of those groups is not going to appreciate it, I'm going to do it anyhow. Uh, because it's what's good for everyone. Um, and I, I think kids are a prime example of a lot of time kids just take for granted that, you know, they're going to be fed and clothed and educated and take, taken care of uh, in ways uh, I don't even think it dawns on sometimes, especially when they're very young. I mean, why would it? Uh, they're born into this world and that's what they know. Uh, I think as they get older, in the teenage years and young adult, uh, they should if they've had proper training and, and you know, in religion and what and, and family living, uh, they will start to realize those things. But um, can you imagine being a parent and expecting your kids to think in terms of uh, repayment or appreciating everything you do for them? I, I think parents would uh, be very disappointed um, if that's how they, you know, thought their kids were going to act. Uh, Instead, they just do the right thing for their children, and then the right thing eventually blossoms into that young person starting to understand it all, and then they become adults that have the right attitude when it comes to, you know, uh, people that don't appreciate things. I, I think it's a, you know, what goes around comes around kind of a thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I, you're right about, you know, with um, parents raising their children and, not, and they shouldn't expect to be thanked and appreciated because the children don't really understand. But I think it, it goes even further. I would say it goes even further to so many people. I mean, we do. Have, there are people, you know, who thank us and who seem appreciative, but there's many who don't. And really, if we're looking for this approval from other people, that's not where we're supposed to – we're supposed to really look – to serve God, to know, love, and serve God. And I think it really shows a lack of maturity in the spiritual life if we're still trying to seek approval and appreciation from other people instead of doing for love of God. Yeah, that's a good point. we're the ones maybe under the microscope here. Uh, you, you know, we're looking out and maybe passing judgment on how others behave when really um, the focus should be on ourselves. That's a good point. Uh, that as we mature in a spiritual way, we start to see that we were being selfish and that that isn't the way Jesus really instructed us to live. Um, and uh, that, again, that gets back to that charity uh, and, and mercy and things like that. Um, it all ties together, even though there are different topics, and you start out uh, talking about different things and how they apply, but they all come to the same point. They all converge. And um, once again, I, I think that it, it has to. Uh, everything that um, Christ said and did all converge to, you know, his going to the cross and resurrection and then eternal life. Uh, If you start to think about the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, uh, all the parables and everything, they all led us to the same point, to the same place, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that also in in our world nowadays, it's... um, really difficult to do something for other people without expecting something in return. Now, maybe this has been the way it's always, probably maybe always been this way with in, with human nature. Because, uh, but you know, I do see as um, a modern society is a very utilitarian society. It's not very spiritual. Um, or if it is spiritual, as some people say, spiritual but not religious, so it's not truly the right spirituality, because the right spirituality is religious. It's all combined. Um, If you take away religion, which I would say is more the externals, you need the externals and you need the, the interior life. You need both. You can't just have an interior life and not have anything external and say you're spiritual. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I think that we just have such a utilitarian society that we're always looking out for, I'll do this so I can get that. I, you, know, it's, you know, it's a lot of work that we want to be paid for. If you do extra work, you want to be paid more. You want to have the bonus. And um, anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, I was thinking as, as you were speaking that uh, if you, I've gotten calls and um, these are people trying to sell a product or a service or something. And not that you don't already have it, but they need to convince you to drop the one you're using, let's say a cable service or something like that, and, 
and pick up with them. Uh, one of the things they always start with is, well, I can save you money, and, uh, you know, like, that's the hook that's going to get everybody. And um, I've had, I've actually, even though I find the calls annoying, because if I want to do something, I'll make the effort on my own. Uh, but sometimes if I have a minute or two, I'll just talk with them just to uh, fill them out a little bit about um, how they respond to my uh, to my answers to to their uh, to their promotion, and uh, a lot of times I, I tell them, "No, it's uh, not something I really want to do," and um, you know it's beyond that. And uh, so they're a little. I think sometimes uh, they don't know how to respond to that in some ways. Uh, if the money hook doesn't get you, um, if the savings doesn't uh, sway you to say, "Oh, okay, let's do it." Um, and it depends on the person that's on the other end. Some of them are more experienced than others. Some of them are just, you can tell, they have to make 100 phone calls a day, and if you don't sign up right away, they want to move on. Other people will talk, uh, you know, at least try to address your concerns. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always you're going to get something. I'm going to give you something uh, for, uh, so that I can get you to do something. And... Uh, but I think that's our society today. Uh, marketing works that way. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing in everything we do and use, but um, we, we should be careful about uh, considering everything, not so much in what we buy and use, but in our daily lives, our spiritual lives. Because it sometimes does get down to that. It's just a sterile marketing thing. Uh, you're not going to do anything for anybody. If they don't somehow, you know, compensate you, or you don't come away with uh, something in the future that you're kind of setting up now, and um, it, that is a selfish approach versus, like you were saying earlier, it should be um, something that we do because um, we're more mature spiritually. We want to do it because it's a good thing to do, and that's how we grow in our faith, and um, and um, it's just the right thing to do, bottom line. Yeah, 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 exactly. It is the right thing to do, and we should do whatever is the right thing, whatever we believe, um, by our inspirations, intuitions, because our Lord speaks to us through our guardian angels, through speaks to our, to our hearts, and we should do what he wants us to do. And I just want to give a caveat here. To be careful not to do too much. This is the flip side of only doing things that are for your own benefit, where you're going to get repaid. Um, doing too much is actually part of the same problem. There are people, and I would tend to say that generally speaking, more women fall into this category and whereas more men fall into the other category. Um, so more women fall into this category, which is they do too much. And it's wrong. The other way is not doing enough is wrong, too. We should do exactly what God wants us to do, no more and no less. And it's a lifelong process to learn how to actually do just the right amount. It's not something you can do even with after you know a few months, a few years of practice. But... Doing too much for other people is actually very similar to not doing enough because only doing something that people are going to pay you back. Because when people do too much, they 
are looking for approval. They're looking for appreciation. They're looking for praise. You know, oh my goodness, you do so much, you're so wonderful, whatever. So even doing too much or caring too much about one's spouse, caring too much about one's children, one's family members, there's really a right way and a wrong way. The right way is to do just as much as God wants us to do. And sometimes, and I think this is more, this is more difficult for women, generally speaking, sometimes it's so hard not to do more because other people, and I'm talking especially with family members, sometimes friends and colleagues, maybe bosses, can actually manipulate you or guilt you into, do, you know, oh, I, I really do need this help. Why won't you help? You know, why? There's all different ways our parents do, do, can do this to their kids. So um, it's really doing the right amount. And if you do the right amount, then you won't feel resentful. You feel people feel resentful when they they, they either expect more, you know, if, even if you're not giving much, but you expect something in return for whatever you're giving, or you're giving too much, and you expect praise or appreciation because you're so generous. So those are really two extremes that are really both wrong. They're both seeking something from human beings instead of doing God's will and doing the hard thing for many women, especially when it's to help our children or our elderly parents, or, and it could be siblings as well. I mean, it could be anybody, but basically those two groups. It's so hard to step back and say, no, I'm not going to do that and not do it. It's much easier. Yeah. It's much easier if somebody's wheedling you, oh, all right, here, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. Yes, yes, I think you're absolutely right about everything that you said. As a matter of fact, it was making me think of uh, have you ever been overthanked? You know, we, we started talking about people that don't appreciate uh, what is done, but I've also run into people that overthink or overappreciate what you've done. Yes. You know, you, and you feel uh, like I really didn't do that much. Why is it going on and on? Stop. You feel kind of yeah, you feel kind of embarrassed, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please stop. You know, uh, and if you don't stop thanking me, I'm gonna not do anything for you because it's more annoying. I'd rather not be thanked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're annoying me, and you're wasting my time by thanking me. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I think also that you're right about uh, women tend to overdo, men underdo. That's why I think in a family you have both. Uh, in a family, uh, one can temper the other. There's a good balance between the over and the under, and that's how the right amount uh, does eventually come out. Um, and I think also the people that want to do too much, uh, in addition to maybe looking for gratitude from others, it also is like a good feeling for them. Uh, they get a rush. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking as a as a man, not. Uh, and we're, we were saying that the women probably do this more, so maybe I'm speaking out of a turn here. But I, I do think that uh, sometimes people do things, good things, good things, lots of them for other people. But they also get a, a, a nice feeling. And I'm thinking we should get a nice feeling, but if it's uh, too much of a feeling, we become addicted to it, then we're doing things not so much for the other person, but, but for ourselves again. And um, 
that's where I think your faith and doing uh, what God wants you to do, you'll get that right balance. You'll do it for the right reason, and uh, you won't enable people to, you know, continue bad habits. I, I think I've uh, seen that occur, and it's usually the the mother or the wife that might enable someone to continue to do bad habits when the the man would say, all right, I've had enough of this. And um, so, you know, being an enabler uh, when someone should be changing their lifestyle is uh, you're not doing them any a good service that way. You, you're, you're really just continuing a, a destructive or a bad lifestyle. Does that, uh, have you ever run across that? Yes. You said it perfectly. You hit the nail right on the head when you said that people are doing this happens a lot. People do it because it makes them feel good, and it actually, just like you said, becomes like an addiction. It becomes yeah. this high. Yeah, it does, and it's wrong because they're not doing it for God's glory. They're doing it because it makes them feel good. And you're right. So, see, I mean, it's not just alcohol, drugs that give you a high that are, that are wrong. And those, you know, yeah. in a way, alcohol and drugs are actually maybe in some ways a lesser evil than something like this, which is a selfish thing, but which you could say, oh, but it's not a bad thing at all. I'm doing the, you know, like workaholism, like like distraction and doing a lot of good things or spending all your time in church because you're such a holy person. Well, you know, if that's not where God wants you to be, then you're not being holy because you're doing your own will. You're making yourself into a God and you're going to church and you're doing all these good deeds and you're working overtime. No, God wants you to do his will. Look at our Lord Jesus. He did so much in his 33 years and he taught and preached for three years. But you can't say, and he did do a lot of work, but you can't say he overworked. He spent time in prayer. He spent time relaxing, going to dinner at people's houses. He didn't just work, work, work either for money or for to heal people. There were so many people who didn't get healed. He healed some, but there were many other sick people. And he didn't do them all, although he could have, being God, not just man. He could have. And yet we think sometimes, oh, I've got to do this and i got, and that's not right. We're not God. All God wants us to do is the right amount in the right way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's a good point about Jesus. I think if you were to um, take the Gospels and have someone who, and it could be a priest or a a professor at a Catholic university, someone who knows the faith really well, um, they can give insights to all these parables. We, We tend to get it on the surface, but uh, you then start to see things or understand things that uh, that were symbolic. For example, in yesterday's homily, uh, Zacchaeus was up in the tree because he was of short stature. And uh, when Jesus called him down, um, he had a conversion because he was a tax collector, and he had a conversion because he was in front of our Lord. And the priest made the connection that just like Zacchaeus up in the tree, uh, we, we, get to, we get 
in archery. We get too involved in things, and that's our tree. And uh, Jesus is calling everyone down to get out of the tree, come down to the ground, and meet me. And uh, I went out of there. I've heard that homily or that um, passage many times. But I have to say, uh, I came out of there thinking of it in, in, in different terms because uh, we all do tend to climb our own tree and uh, because of something that we want. And when Christ passes by and he calls us down uh, to meet him, that's when the conversion happened for Zacchaeus, and that's when the conversion can happen for everyone, anyone. Uh, so that was just, a, again, a different insight to a, a passage that I've heard many times but just never thought of it in those terms. Yeah, yeah, that is a, a very good way of putting it, really. Just don't get so distracted. Be up in your own tree. Just come down and, and do what God wants you to do. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he, uh, he basically uh, said uh, he would give half to the poor and anyone that he had cheated he was going to repay four times. So, um, and that was just, um, uh, that was amazing because uh, he started off by saying Zacchaeus did not expect to be called down and put in the public eye. Uh, he just wanted a better, uh, you know, vantage point. Uh, he'd heard about Christ and Jesus, and he just said, I just need a better vantage point. I'm, I'm short in stature and I can't see because of the crowd. And the next thing you know, uh, he became famous. <laughs> he probably didn't yep. think that when he woke much up that to his, Yeah, much to his surprise, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, can you imagine that, uh, uh, being able to talk directly uh, t to uh, Jesus and also to be uh, told by him that, uh, you know, you've basically been saved because of your change of heart? That's amazing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you've basically been changed because of your shortness of stature. <laughs> well, that, that See, it was a it. gift, right? It was a gift. If he wasn't yeah, short of yeah. stature, he would not have climbed the tree, and maybe who knows what would have happened. Yeah, matter of fact, that's what the priest said at one point. He goes, the whole homily, you know what the whole homily, my whole homily is about in the, in the, in the passage is about? He goes, it's being short. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, that's the main point here. The guy was short. <laughs> and what so, a blessing and, it was, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, uh, no, that was, um, I, I think uh, uh, that uh, uh, priest you heard this morning was, was a good thing to bring into the discussion because it really does uh, open up everyone's uh, mind a little bit more, and then you'll take your own experiences and and, uh, you know, apply that to them. And, and the next thing you know, you go, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a more mature person than I was a year ago. But that's how it happens. It happens in little doses. It's not a, something that gets dropped on you all at once. But um, it's these little things along the way that tend to get you to a much more uh, mature place in your spiritual life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we've come to the end of our show for today as well. It was wonderful. It was great to talk about. There's always so much to talk about and so many different angles and perspectives to come at, at readings that we've heard many times um, during our lives. So it's just God's world is amazing on earth. And, oh, my goodness, I've heard that it's even better, way better in heaven. That's what I've heard. So we're going we're gonna to take uh, where we are, whatever, whoever said that, we're going to take them at their word. So, yes. Um, okay, well, then uh, let's close with the prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Enjoy the day, Maria. Enjoy your week. You too, and enjoy your horses. Everybody else, have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you. Take care now. Hello, God's beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.